Thanks for listening to Danny and Dusty On Demand, a Service Patriots podcast. Is your heater safe? Why replace it when Service Patriots can restore it? Get their $59 27-point furnished tune-up and safety check, including a free 1-inch filter. They'll also check your AC for free. Go to ServicePatriots.com. This is Danny and Dusty. It's not your problem, Doc. You don't have to mix up in this. That is a hell of a thing for you to say to me. With Danny Meringue and Dusty, the Fan Man Hera. Go ahead. Go ahead, skin it. Skin that smoke wagon and see what happens. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080. I'm your huckleberry. The Fan. Hour number three here on Danny and Dusty on a Thursday afternoon. We love you guys. We appreciate you. Thanks for joining us. Uh, as always on Thursday afternoon, it is time to make our NFL picks. Fire up that sweet, sweet music, Jeff Ross. Let's do it. All right, last week I went a, uh, an okay three and two. Dusty, how'd you do? Two and three. Two and three. Mr. Rust. Two and I, three. Two and three. Can I just say that, that I'm making enemies uh-huh. right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, what, what team is, is, is cutting you the deepest? Well, last week, the team that really came through for me was the Patriots not scoring a single touchdown. Wow. So uh, my favorite team truly coming through for You're me. wearing your, your Patriot Pat hoodie today. I am. Mm-hmm. I am. I'm wearing my Patriot. They have a big Thursday night tilt where big, huh? um, that's going to be my first pick. I, I, and I'll give that to you in a second. No, It is certainly a Thursday night tilt. Yeah, it really is. It's a, it's, it's a get-tilted Thursday night. <laughs> it's a game. Just as a reminder, I will be heading to the Rip City Remix game tonight. Yeah, instead that's of probably watching safer for Thursday you. Night that's safer for you. No, uh, <laughs> making my S list this week was uh, Sean Payton, Russell Wilson, and the Denver Broncos. Yeah, I'm not touching that team you guys are at dead all to me. this year unless I, it's Yeah, under. that one killed me, too. Three straight weeks, they were, they were on the good side for me. Not... Ugh. You know, betting against them <laughs> Just in in one instance, but I bet against them. Two, they were really good for me, and then uh, uh, they they duped me last week. So, and then the Jake Browning game got me. Yeah, yeah, it got us both. Ugh. It got us both, and I, I think uh, you guys had no faith in Jake Browning. I had a lot of faith in Jake. Right. I had zero faith in Jake Browning. <laughs> oh. My first uh, pick of the week, though, I'm going the Pats, or Steelers under thirty. Yep. Uh, I'm going to join you on that exact same line. Mitch Trubisky mm-hmm. quarterbacking the Stellars. Do they get halfway there? Probably not. Yeah. Yeah, they do. These are two good defenses, though. This team blows. Yeah. Mac has a noodle arm. Bigger yeah. fraud than Lance Armstrong. Yeah. <laughs> All things are true. All yeah. things are true. Uh, Jeff Rust in the commercial uh, said he found on Twitter there was a, uh, I assume this is a fake line. Uh, who had? Who, 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 who oh, would it's have just more? a poll. Oh, it was poll? just a poll okay. question. Yes, I, I'm sure you can find a book somewhere that would give you this action. Who scores more, Giannis, against the or Pacers the in the in-season tournament, or the combined score of Steelers Patriots, which again is 30. Look, that game is about to tip off Bucks. Uh, and Bucks Pacers, Pacers. teeing off or t- teeing off, tipping off here in seven minutes. Matinee basketball. It give m- it to me. It may be the safest bet out there, Giannis. I. I I would take Giannis to double the score of Patriots Steelers if they gave me double money. <laughs> oh, okay, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. yeah. I think I think we'd all be on board. No, with I'm, that. I'm, yeah, I mean, yeah, let's do it. I would take that in a heartbeat because I think yeah. 17. I think Giannis doubles that. The Pacers are the worst defense in basketball. I think we're looking at. I think Giannis is like 36. I think we're looking at 
12 to 6 tonight. That, yeah. I, I was I, I was going Yes, that is 7-10. That is six field goals, folks. <laughs> Just nothing but kicks? <laughs> nothing but kicks. I'm going with it. Again, I'm riding with it. Bailey Zappi and Mitch Trubisky. Jeff Ross, what is your first pick? Uh, well, the Houston Texans have not been kind to me the, uh, uh, lately. Have you been picking against them? Well, no, I, I picked for them. The, the, the one week they won by five, I had them at five and a half, and that didn't work out. Uh, and then, yeah. Uh, I said the Texans have been good to me, man. I went to go with the, the Broncos last week and pick against Houston because C.J. Stroud had that four interception, interception game, and the Broncos couldn't cover three and a half. And Anyway, so they're at the Jets this week, uh, who Zach Wilson is starting for them. Carcucci Again, board. yeah, Carcucci board. Uh, anyway, the Texans are three and a half point road favorites. Give me that one all day. All right, road Indeed. faves. Pick number two. Oh, you're you're also going. By I, the way, yeah, under under yes. on yeah, the yeah. Pats Steelers game. Mm-hmm. This game just seems like it's it's too much for me. The line seems too high. The big lines, if take taking the favorite, has not worked out well for anyone this year, which is a trend across the NFL. Oh, it worked out uh, well for me. Last week with the Dolphins. It did not work out well for me last week with well, the Cowboys. Historically, the uh, public yeah. is up the most it's ever been again on uh, taking underdogs in, in big spreads. Seahawks are plus 11. Holy catfish! I'm going to go the Seahawks, the second time they played in three weeks. They hung with the, the Cowboys. They did, but I just, in this, the Niners are coming off of emotional game Thursday night. You go and you route the Eagles this past week. You, now you're coming back home. I think that this game is the game where, look, don't get me wrong, the Niners, I do believe, win and win comfortably. Oh, yeah. 11 is a huge number in the NFL. It's still, it's, I'm going to go Seahawks. That's a two-score-plus game. That is Field goal big. and a touchdown, that's massive. Uh, I, I I just stay away from lines that big. You know, my, my rule is anything over six and a half, I'm kinda, I kind of stay away from. For me, I am going to take the Lions minus three and a half against the Bears. I had this exact same spread against the Bears two weeks ago, and uh, the Lions barely – eat uh, a game of, of, of recognizable proportions out of it. I'm I'm trusting the fighting Dan Campbells to give me that minus three and a half. Uh, Dusty, I'm going right up against you on this one, uh, except I've got the Niners at minus ten and a half. Okay. Uh, but I don't know how the Seahawks stayed with the Cowboys last week, but I'm refusing to stay away from the big lines. Give me the Niners <laughs> minus ten and a half. <laughs> yeah. Reminder, Jeff Ross, 31, 33, and 1. Danny Meringue, 37, 24, and 4. It feels like a shot. <laughs> it was Mantis one. I don't feel like you are taking that for as big of a shot as it was. Yeah. <laughs> My third game, I'm going uh, the it. Kansas City Chiefs. A cheeseburger and went to bed. Mm. I'm going to take the Chiefs minus one and a half over the Buffalo Bills at home. Look at this. I mean, what we're looking at here is a Buffalo Bills team where there's a three-part series about how dysfunctional and how bad their head coach is at everything. You know, I'm going with the Chiefs. I replied to somebody in the text thread asking about how a coach could possibly say what he said, and I responded with, basically, I have no clue. It's the kind of thing a player should have punched him for. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in all seriousness, like... Yeah. Like Stuff it, like this happens, bro. And that's the thing. It's like the, the, the amount of dysfunction that's happening there is going to be an interesting contrast against the Chiefs team that just hasn't looked good. And I think this is an opportunity for the Chiefs to kind of get right and maybe tell themselves, like, hey, no, we're still that team. Carnage in the streets. So I'm taking the exact same line. Give me Chiefs minus one and a half versus the Bills. Um, ditto. 
Yeah, we all we, we did a little yeah. group one on that one. I think one. with all this, you could make that line like ten and a half, and it still is this, wouldn't it, feel big enough. Is, is this the Danny and Dusty version in, version of uh, it's an orgy in the end zone? Yes. Okay. It's an orgy in the end zone. There you go. Kumbaya, baby. Go Tigers! I'm going Bengals minus one against the Colts. Mm. Um, they're at home. They got Jake Browning rolling. I even said it though on Tuesday. Jake Browning will crash down back down to earth. It's just it's not a matter of if but when but give me the Bengals to win against the the Colts this game has playoff implications folks legitimately like it's backup bowl you got i know and that's the crazy part about the NFL right now is that you have two teams that are are sitting there it's not just uh the 7 and 5 Colts and 6 and 6 Bengals but right now you're looking at a Colts team that's sitting in the 7th and final playoff spot right mm-hmm. now the Bengals though see a, a gap and they see a window opening up. They are on a short week. I'm still going with the Bengals to cover because they're healthy in the right spots. I am going to go to my covering monsters, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, plus one and a half at the Falcons. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a road dog. <laughs> the Bucks have been one of the best teams in the NFL against the spread. Vegas just can't seem to nail the fighting Baker Mayfields down. They're, they're a competent, decently run team. And the Falcons aren't. Yeah, no. So I'm going to no. I'm going to take the Bucks to cover the plus one and a half. Uh, I'm going to Dallas where they couldn't cover the spread against the Seahawks last week. <laughs> Jalen Hurts may be hurt, uh, but I'd take a, a hurt Jalen Hurts over Geno Smith still any day. Uh, so give me those Philadelphia Eagles as three and a half point road dogs. <laughs> I'm going with Philly too. Fly Philly, Eagles, Philly, fly, Philly, baby. Philly, Philly, Philly. Plus three and a half at Dallas. This is solely built on. I do not trust the Dallas Cowboys, and I all the flack that the Eagles are getting, and rightfully so. They got run. They got embarrassed. This team is too good to be embarrassed like that. Their linebacking core is, was an absolute disaster against the uh, San Francisco 49ers. They've got do they they have to play with a little bit of backbone in this one because if they don't, look, they the spiral could be coming. This is a huge game for Philly. I like them plus three and a half. I'm going to take the fighting C.J. Strouds. C.J. Stroud has not only wrapped up rookie of, Offensive Rookie of the Year, he's been a tremendous quarterback, and as long as he is healthy enough to go, which it all everything points to him being okay, uh, I'm going to go ahead and take the Texans, minus three and a half, road favorite against the New York Jets with Zach Wilson back in at quarterback. I just don't think they're going to have the offense to be able to keep up the Texans, which is not something I expected to say this season once. Wow! <laughs> no cap. Uh, I'm going to Cleveland. I have, uh, well, I guess Joe Flacco starting again. I mean, he looked all right. They still lost. He looked good. You know, and then Trevor Lawrence, supposedly a, a limited participant back in practice yeah, today. Hank, so no. praying they for touchdown know. Jesus, because I don't know about CJ beat hard. But uh, still give me those Jaguars on the road. Three-point dogs. That's one of my favorite drops, too. Hard knocks. They won two world wars. Two world wars. Cleveland Browns offensive line coach drove that, a Maserati. Oh, that! Oh, that's that's the big guy, right? Yeah, big yeah, guy. I, big guy. Yeah, Bob was, Wiley. He was great TV. Uh, Bob Wiley, dead or alive? Super. Uh, if he's if he's alive, he's super alive. Like he's living a good life. Bob Wiley is the offensive line coach for the Vegas Vipers of the XFL. Like I said, living a good life. He seems like a guy who has like a bread bowl of chili every day for lunch. Got it. You know what? I haven't had a chili bread bowl in God knows how long. And that just, you know when you say a food out loud and yeah. you're like, 
That sounds Ooh. perfect. Yeah. Well, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Bob Wiley is tearing up Vegas buffets. That's all I know. <laughs> like, that guy being the O-line coach for the Vegas Vipers just screams. That man is just at in front of the line, and it's not like at, he's not at, like, the Aria. He's at, like, Circus Circus, buffet, front and center, three meals a day. I tell you what, right now, COVID didn't get us all, man. We came back. Our Vegas buffets made the comeback. Hey, God bless him. I was, it was, it was the win him. for uh, Summer League, and that line was wrapped outside the, the, in the, in the hallway of the You hotel. know what? Good for them. Right? You know, good for them, yeah. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. Just like all of our picks, which you can find us doing every single week, Thursday afternoon at 2 o'clock. Coming up next, the NCAA has well, their blood's in the water, and the lawyers are lawyering. Danny and Dusty, 10 the fan. Danny and Dusty on the fan. Over the last year, you and I have discussed back and forth the NCAA's continued role and whether or not it will live or how soon it will die. The mega conference is coming, the divorcing of high-end FBS football and everything else that comes with it. But the NCAA, NCAA's role is coming to an end. And the, re, the way you can see it, whether or not you agree or not it's going to, is how many cases are being brought against the NCAA across the board. Today there have been two separate filings, both with massive ramifications about the future of the NCAA and what they can and can't do going forward as it pertains to governing the sport of football. It is, and there's one that is being put out there by Jeffrey Kessler, and I think that the attorneys at play, even though like attorneys are, you just kind of roll your eyes at, but Jeffrey Kessler, remember he's the he was at the Alston ahead of the Alston case, which the NCAA lost, mm-hmm. um, and then they also have uh, Steve Berman, and those two attorneys have been the House versus NCAA. Um, in an antitrust case. That's the antitrust case that's currently ongoing. Alston case um, was Kessler and his involvement in that, which he beat the NCAA on it to pave the way for NIL. They are the two attorneys leading one of them. And in three three athletes from three different sports at three different universities, all private, Duke football player Dwayne Carter, Stanford soccer player Nia Harrison, and TCU basketball player, former Oregon Duck Sedona Prince, are all the athletes that are being represented by those two. Three different sports, three different conferences, and one bigger picture here that that needs to be discussed, which is what they are asking for is essentially a pay-for-play compensation. Yes. And this comes, make no mistake, Charlie Baker, the president of the NCAA, released on Monday the new parameters of, you know, a $30,000 trust for every athlete that every school that opts up and into a program for a pay-for-play model, essentially. Which is crazy considering this organization, this governing body in the NCAA, was so against that they weren't willing to offer a penny just a couple of years ago, and now they're talking about $30,000 a year. Why? Because they're terrified, and they know that the end is coming. But they they were successful. And, like, look, the lawsuits are nothing new. Multiple lawsuits against the NCAA for this are nothing new. But the Alston case changed the game. Yes. And there's blood in the water. That is where everything, the the floodgates have opened up. And what they're saying is that this is a multi-billion dollar industry. They deserve a a piece of that pie. Mm -hmm. And that is 
significant in hand with the new proposal by the NCAA. Because essentially the NCAA got ahead of it before this case was filed and they can say, all right, put a pause to this because we can now move forward with we're doing something in that realm. It will be better, but we do need to keep some sort of antitrust and an amateur-ish value around the NCAA. Soccer and women's basketball being a part of this Mm -hmm. and, you know, football is... That is a revenue generator, right? It's purposeful in who they selected. Women's soccer, and to a lesser extent, because it is becoming more more profitable for some schools Mm -hmm. in women's basketball, Olympic sports don't make money. No. And that's what the NCAA will be able to lean on and will have a a voice in this. Now that the transfer portal is open for everybody, because this is the ridiculous thing, is that the revenue-generating sports... They had different transfer rules. Yes. They still do have different transfer rules in other sports. That's the other part of this is that legislation has also been introduced, or it should be a a case has been introduced, led by uh, Attorney General of the state of Ohio, uh, over anti-competitive transfer eligibility. They need to make a uniform transfer policy because it does not make sense that that you have to argument. sit out a year for some sports and you don't for other sports and the rules that they have against it because of the revenue generators which are football mm-hmm. men's basketball right like they they can't be different and i think that one has more legs than than the the antitrust one in the pay for play because the NCAA is essentially saying, like, no, we're going to make that we're going to make that an option for schools, and, and they should make that an and, option and the, for and schools. And the thing is, that what this legislation will do is it'll go. It's not an option anymore. Mm-hmm. It's going to be something that's required. And ultimately, what these cases are going to do, it may backfire on some of the Olympic sports that are are getting in on this because of the fact that they'll say, fine, football and basketball, NCAA, we're not going to. We are not going to govern those anymore Mm -hmm. because in the Olympic sports, baseball, gymnastics, soccer, volleyball, water polo, polo, the NCAA actually does govern those sports and oversees them because they're not money makers like that. Scheduling and tournaments and conferences, putting on championships and any sort of, you know, misdeeds that do happen, like in a tennis program or whatever. They do a they do a decent enough job of of governing those, even mm-hmm. though there's still arbitrary evil. rulings all over the place. And even those sports, look at Boise State tennis and was mm-hmm. it uh, uh, UMass women's tennis yes. that had to vacate wins for a long distance phone line in a room that yeah. they didn't know existed, like that stuff like that. That is stupid. That's student athletes. Yes, those stupid rulings will still happen. But the NCAA has an umbrella over all of those sports. They do, whether we like it or not, add some sort of value in governance. But football and basketball should be treated differently. And what we're finding out this week is that whether it's through the court of law or the proposals by the NCAA, we are going down that path. Yes. And football is just going to break away. Basketball is just going to break away. And it will be for the betterment of collegiate athletics. It will. Oh, yeah, no, getting rid of the NCAA at the, at the tops and where the money is involved, because that's what it is. It's always been about money. Yeah. And if you take it away from them, guess what the motivation is? The motivation becomes we better do our damn job. Yep. 
and yeah. we better do it right. Otherwise, they'll get rid of us here too. Yep. And the thing about the the transfer eligibility rule, uh, this case is being led. It's uh, again by Attorney General Ohio Attorney General uh, Dave Yost, along with seven other states. And the, mm. the crux of the case is the rule, the transfer rule, is riddled with so many exceptions that the NCA cannot plausibly substantiate its prior justifications, i.e. Tez Walker's situation in North Carolina where new evidence was found. Yeah, it's all stupid. That made him all of a sudden ineligible that North Carolina never submitted. Yeah. So basically what, what we're seeing here is the emergence of free agency as it pertains to football and basketball. That's the world where we're going to get to, where just it is a free-flowing transfer opportunity. Coaches can leave whenever they want. Players can leave whenever they want. That's how this is going to go. Yeah, and I don't know if I'm for that, like, wholly, because I, 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 there is a part of me that does agree with you get a free transfer, and then you can also have a grad transfer. Every year a guy jumping to a new school, it's not good for the sport. It's not. Look at what it did to college basketball. I, I will agree that it's not good for the sport, holistically, I think it's more about being good for the individual. And there are cases where it will be, and there will be cases where it won't be. Yeah, I, I, and I think that there is and something And we, we both know the cases good. for the individual where it's been a... It's not good for the individual. It's a disaster, yeah. yes. Yeah. Uh, speaking of disasters, uh, I don't know if you guys have been paying attention, but even though Colorado fell out of the national eye, a lot of stuff still going on there around Deion Sanders and that program. We'll get to that and more. But first, here's Big Kahuna with Sports Center Update. That's that Hawaiian burger joint. This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080, The Fan. Uh, University of Colorado uh, got the uh, microscope treatment, obviously, with the arrival of Deion Sanders and his Louie. Turns out he wasn't a big fan of uh, all of the cameras, Dusty. Well, Dion is being ridiculous. <laughs> the guy who wears a sweatshirt that says, I ain't hard to find. The guy who... Had his own security team walking up and down the sidelines. Well, in, in yesterday, yesterday he did an interview with People Magazine, and he said that he kind of wishes that they didn't have so many eyes on him, wish they had a little bit more privacy in this first year. Yesterday is the same day that Amazon Prime released the season two of Coach Prime. Mm -hmm. He has a documentary being filmed about their season. He talks all the time about, I ain't hard to find. We ain't hard to find. We're here. The first three weeks of the year, it was, hey, you guys, are you either with us or against us? You don't believe in us. Mm -hmm. They asked for every single ounce of the coverage that they got. His own son is their social media director who is consistently pumping up the narrative. And what Dion did is still impressive. Yes. Four and eight with a team that was non-competitive they in every game last year. Do do last year. It it was so bad what they put out on the field last year. Probably with one of the worst ten programs in the country. And he did do a very good job. But when you say, I'm bringing Louie, when you cut your entire roster and you raid the transfer portal and you try to bring in every single guy and you, after the first three weeks, are talking about how great your team is, yeah, it's going to swing the other way. And that was part of the interview that that he said he wished he had more privacy, that he went through more losing than he's ever had in his entire career. Mm -hmm. And that is also true. 
and this is like the big thing that I warned against when, you know, everybody was riding that hype train through the first three weeks is that. See how it looks on the other end. It wasn't like when he was at Jackson State, they were running rough shot. They weren't undefeated. They didn't win the Celebration no. Bowl. In fact, they got they got routed by uh, what Southern University mm-hmm. in the Celebration Bowl. His, and they dropped a there. couple games in year one that they should not have dropped to. You have a, you put the target on your own back. You're upping the level of competition, and we all knew that in the trenches it just wasn't there. You add on top of that, he demotes his offensive coordinator Sean Lewis for reasons still unknown. But the fact that is that he was demoted as the offensive coordinator after leaving a head coaching job to join your staff, mm-hmm. and then he goes and gets a head coaching job at San Diego State after being demoted, says a lot about Sean Lewis, the coach. Still looked at very highly. Offensive line coach gets it just drugged through the mud. He ends up bouncing and going with Sean Lewis. And now they have a new offensive line coach. They do. They do. And this is an interesting one because... You'll I, recognize the name. They're getting a lot of pushback because it's Phil Lodeholt, who was an offensive lineman for the Vikings. He's never been a position coach before. Mm-hmm. But... And they're getting criticized for that, like, oh, okay, you, you're going to talk about like upgrading that position room, and you get a guy who's never been a position coach. Well, he was an offensive lineman in the NFL for six years, and also he, this past year was his first year as a coach. He was an analyst for the offensive line at Oklahoma. Oklahoma has an offensive line coach that's regarded as one of the best in all of college football. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the people that are criticizing Lincoln Riley, his inability to recruit offensive linemen, develop offensive linemen at USC is because their offensive line coach from Oklahoma didn't Didn't go with him. He stayed at Oklahoma and that there is a glaring hole and a glaring difference in the offensive lines play and production at USC than it was at Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. So, and year one to year two, load hole, it was really good at his craft, and he learned from one of the best to coach the position across the the sport of college football. Also, I don't think that's a bad hire at all. I think it's a really good hire for them. Also, if they're paying by the pound, the six foot eight, three hundred and seventy pound tackle, pretty good. Well, it's pretty they, good, pretty, pretty good return on investment if you're paying by the pound. Like Dion is, he's got the double edged sword right now, where it is, it's cutting against him mm-hmm. with the fact that, all right, I asked for privacy which is ridiculous after calling for all of the attention in the world. Which is going to be funny when he asks for more attention when he's not getting it again. But the other side is now he's cutting back at people like me who said you need to be able to recruit the offensive line because he gets Jordan Seaton commitment today, the number one offensive tackle in the country who from IMG Academy Mm -hmm. and in Florida, they went, they win that recruiting battle against all of the heavy hitters, including Oregon, Ohio state, Texas, Georgia, mm-hmm. Alabama, we're in on this guy. And he goes and he makes his commitment um, on what is Skip Bayless's show. First, I don't know what it's called. Whatever Skip first Bayless's show. Nah, no. I think that's the other one. Skip Bayless's show, yeah. whatever that's. It doesn't really matter, yeah. does yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. On that show, he, he announced his commitment. But also, they're making a push to go and get Oregon commit uh, Jaquan McCroy, mm-hmm. who's been committed to Oregon for a while. He just took his visit to Colorado. Mm-hmm. And like that is, look, you should be a little bit worried if you're Oregon because yeah. they're, he said he wants to play. He wants to play right away, which you will there. And it's also Oregon. You got to you're going to have to wait your turn because their their offensive line room is going to be losing some. They're still pretty loaded. Yes, I mean you've got the Connerleys of the world who are still incredibly young who are going to be spending time there. Yep. But also, this is very true as it pertains to Dion. Dion Sanders gets a kid in a room. Mm-hmm. He's a closer. 
He yeah. he has shown that. He is electric. And he is he can point to the rings. Saban can point to the rings on the table in college football. Dion can point to the Super Bowl rings. Do you want to be a next level guy? Do you want to be this guy? I've been to the top of that mountain. I can tell you what you need to do to get there. I'll tell you what, the Big 12 is going to be a lot better for him to actually produce something because this year, I think what a lot of coaches are doing is like, yeah, he can tell you that, mm-hmm. but did he do it? And I, that is, that's the big one yeah. right there is that he didn't in year one. And actually it, when it went south, it went really south. And he, the the finger pointing started to happen, and he demotes his offensive coordinator. Those are things that that's your, that's your counter recruiting. Recruits may not notice, but every other coach in the country is going to be pointing it out when they get into the when those recruiting battles start getting a little bit bitter. That's what it's going to come down to. And this is not to say that like Dion isn't going to have ammo on everybody else either, and mm-hmm. that is. That's the that's the world of recruiting. It's the dirty side of recruiting, but uh, it's like good and bad with Dion right now. You good, you get a, a number one offensive tackle in the country, top three hundred prospect, best uncommitted prospect remaining. remaining. He said, "I'm I'm heading your way." You may be able to flip one from Oregon to to come back your your way as well. That's all huge for uh, Dion in Colorado, but this is going to be really interesting to see the growth from year one to year two because he is still a damn good coach for for everything that has gone against him and what people have kind of trying to knock him down a peg for, he's still a really good coach. And that team had massive holes this season, but he tightened up so many of the other holes in that program that they have a great foundation moving forward. It's going to be interesting to see what this all ends up looking like. And if Deion Sanders ends up being a guy that stays at that school for more than three years. I always kind of marked it as three years. And is, is, is he going to yep. be a guy that's got both feet grounded there? Or is he looking for the next step up again? And he says that he's not. But shoot, like I, I really will. I think Dion will be a better coach when his kids aren't on the roster. Which, when when Shadur isn't the yeah. isn't the, the quarterback, quarterback getting Sh- smashed back there, and Shiloh isn't a safety for him. Yeah. Like when I think it, it'll actually be more beneficial for him and the Colorado program. Because that's why you demoted Sean Lewis, right? It's because your kid was getting killed. Pay no attention to your defense giving up 50 a game. Nope. It was because your kid was getting killed, and the offense was wildly productive. Speaking of kids and dads being their coaches, did you see Gunner Gundy? Number one, Mike Gundy named his kid Gunner. Have you seen Mike Gundy? He is a they named his man kid... who is 40 and has a mullet. I mean, you, you named You're your kid Gun Gun. If that guy doesn't have a safe full of rifles, I mean, who does? But he entered the transfer portal. Well, yeah, don't want to play for your dad, you know? Right. That's, Just get out of there. That's that's a little bit wild. <laughs> All right. We'll come back and we'll wrap up today's show, hand you off to Isaac Souk. Uh, quick question. Think about this real quick. Things you'd rather do than watch this absolute S show of a football game coming up here on Thursday night. Danny and Dusty, Tinny the Fan. When it's time to party, we will party hard. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080, The Fan. Putting a bow on today's show, commercial break, we are discussing uh, all the things we'd rather do than watch tonight's Thursday night matchup of two of the worst offenses across the NFL. Uh, You could say watching 
Thursday Night Football, two of the best teams over the last 25 years in the NFL. I guess you could. I mean, nobody's going to qualify that tonight because tonight's game is going to be terrible. That is some professional turd policy there you right go. there. Right? By the way, if you were wondering about the Giannis points total uh, or the Patriots and uh, Steelers points total, Giannis in the second quarter, 9.14 to go in the second quarter, 12 points already. So he may hit that by halftime. Half yeah, he might have already beat it. He's 4 or 5 from the from the line and That's uh, fair. 4 or 5 from the field, and including an absolutely vicious dunk where he just sent somebody to another dimension. I'm trying to get offended by all of these knocks on the Patriots-Steelers game, but I can't do it. Uh, th- this is a great one They're on the all Vancouver Vortex line. I think I picked a good night to miss my Steelers game because Dave Chappelle is playing at Moda. Hey! Yeah. To everybody going out there and enjoying that one, uh, have fun. How is Chappelle's act now? Uh, I've watched his last couple specials. I've enjoyed them. I saw. The, I know people got the, mad about the the you know the LGBTQ plus jokes, but yeah, I watched the, the. It wasn't the same Dave Chappelle. I saw. I haven't seen the COVID one. Was the last one that I watched. Mm-hmm. It just didn't seem to be hitting like the 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 same Dave, but. He's I Dave he's freaking Chappelle. If you have an opportunity to go watch Dave Chappelle live, mm-hmm. you go, go do it. He uh, when he one first of the greatest came comedians back, of our time. He one of the places he came back to work on material was here. Yeah, he, he went, went to, to Helium. Helium a bunch of times because he could do it quietly. Doctor said I need a bacchiotomy. Well, he did a he did a uh, he did like a, a set in Pioneer Square with just like a portable speaker. Yep, just showed up. <laughs> Had everybody go wild. <laughs> Ballsy move. Going down to Pioneer Square, well, I mean, and just doing that. Well, that was like what 2014, 2015? Yeah, that was probably right. Uh, he just probably was staying in the nines, just walked right, right outside and said, All right, here we go. And also, things and then I'm, probably looked a lot better. Yeah, probably. Just gonna say, I every I want we got a lot of people that are texting now saying that they're gonna go. Then, hey, go to the Chappelle show. I want to hear the reports from, from the P1s out there on yeah. what Chappelle's. Bits are like these days. I was going to go with my wife. She's got some stuff to take care of. So when we when tickets first went on sale, she had the appointment booked way out. So unfortunately, we aren't going. I would miss the remix for that one. No, you're going to go to watch the G League. I am going to go watch the G League. I, I would much, absolutely unequivocally, I would rather watch the remix tonight than this NFL game. God, you're a serial and killer. And it's not even close. That is a serial killer. The level of execution in this remix game will be higher than the level of execution in this NFL game. That is a lie, and you know it. It's not. You are speaking it's not, no truths. It, no. It's not. No. No. It's the G League, Danny. Is yes. that, the, the, is that the, the most recent, could Alabama beat the New York Jets yeah. argument? Yeah. How dare no, you? No, it's not. The level How of execution of the remix game will not be higher than two very bad offenses, but two really good defenses playing in the National Football League. Come mm-hmm. on, Danny. That's ridiculous. I take it. All right, then tomorrow we're going to put the remix against the Patriots in a baseball game. <laughs> like it. Let's do it that way. See what happens. All right, uh, that'll do it for our Thursday. We have Friday, Football Friday edition uh, mm. tomorrow. We still got a lot of football to, to be discussing. We got an NFL slate that we got a lot of backup bulls going on. We got some pivotal games, man. You got Philly, Dallas. You got to see if the Niners are going to stay red hot. We got a big football Friday for you. Yeah, no, the in uh, Army Navy, right? In, uh, look, Danny's you, breakdown you, you of the military. You say schools. that jokingly, but I love Army Navy. All right, <clears throat> coming up next, you got four hours of power from their mouths to your ears. It's prime time with Isaac and Sook. Have a great Thursday. See you Friday from noon to three, right here on the fan. Mm, bye.